this morning. Hallelujah, because God is the greatest power. God is the greatest power, and we shall not be defeated. Turn with me this morning to Hebrews. The Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. I had a word prepared, and then God began to take me into another direction. Um, direction this morning. Uh, we are still in the series entitled Lessons from the Pandemic. And um, I'm glad um, that God has been putting this on my heart. And again, in this series, I'm just going to share with you a few lessons that God has been speaking to me. Um, that God has been speaking to me in order to encourage and challenge our faith in this season. It is my belief that in any situation you and I find ourselves in, there's something we learn while we're going through it, especially during this time of pandemic. And I had something originally prepared. I'll save it for next week. And, but God began to switch my attention. I was going to talk about something about Pentecost. And God just said, I want you to, I want you to go here. And so that's what I'm going to do. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. And I'll give you the lesson for today. Uh, it declares in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, reading from the New King James Version. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Say, he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. Now go drop down with me, drop down to verse 32. Drop down for me to verse 32, and we're going to read from verse 32 to verse 39. And it says, but recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle, but both by reproaches and tribulations. And partly while you became companions of those who were so treated, for you had compassion on, on me and my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and, a, an, and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Verse 35 says, therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Verse 36 says, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Verse 37 says, for yet a little while and hell who is coming, I mean, and excuse me, verse 37, for yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Verse 38 says, now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Verse 39 says, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. So while I was preparing, um, while God was kind of ministering to me to go a different direction uh, for this Sunday, um, God began to drop this on my heart is that one of the lessons that I feel that is important that we must learn during this pandemic and while um, certain things had occurred between from Sunday to where we are now uh, with the recent events that has just occurred within our country, uh, ladies and gentlemen, with the senseless um, brutality that happened to our brother George Floyd and to Ahmaud Berry. And normally I was staying 
the vein what God has um, intended, but he kind of switched me up this morning to go in the vein. Uh, one of the lessons that I want you to know that I'm going to give to you, but it was something that was so profound that God dropped on me is that the enemy does not cease his mission to steal, kill, and destroy because you and I are facing a pandemic. I will say that again. The enemy does not stop his, his job to steal, kill, and destroy even in the midst of a pandemic. Evil is not taking a time out just because we are going through a pandemic. I want that to be very clear to you. Evil does not stop. It is not ceasing because you and I are going through a pandemic. Ladies and gentlemen, there is still a war that is going on. The war does not stop because the earth has stopped because a worldwide pandemic has taken over right now. It has it, the enemy, ladies and gentlemen, has not rested. Are you hearing me? The enemy has not rested. And so it, it is not, it is not while we are looking at this in our, our and, and we are enraged and everything and feelings that not only on top for some of us, not only are we dealing with a pandemic, but now we are dealing with the injustice that we've already had in our, in, our, in our country with systemic racism and racism. And now you bring that on top of a pandemic. And for some of us who are believers, we have came to a place of we're saying that we are tired. Uh-huh. That we are tired on this Pentecost Sunday. Uh, if we be honest, that some of us as faith believers are at a moment and a time in our lives where we're saying, with all of this going on, we are tired. We are losing hope. For some of us, we, we are allowing the news media and social media and all of the negativity and all of the evil that we are seeing right in front of our eyes begin to condition our minds to think that nothing will get better. Ladies and gentlemen, this is all a ploy, ladies and gentlemen, of the enemy. It is all a scheme of the enemy, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't want you to be naive of his devices. Um, if you if you feeling what I'm saying, say I hear you, Pastor B. I hear you, ladies and gentlemen. First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 33 says, "For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints." Ladies and gentlemen, when you see the chaos that you are seeing right now, when you are seeing the world looking like our country is turning upside down, that is the work of Satan. <laughs> That is the work of Satan, ladies and gentlemen. And his job is to cause chaos and utter confusion and this uncertainty and this fear, ladies and gentlemen, that is birthed out of a place of evil. This fear that is arising is gripping us that we don't feel comfortable to go anywhere. This spirit of fear that is playing us all around and those who are of faith are saying, I don't even know. What am I going to do? 
Not only is my money funny and all, not only is that acting up, but now I got to worry about going outside again. And I got this on top of that. And ladies and gentlemen, what God began to speak to me is, is that you cannot expect that just because you are going through this, that the enemy is going to stop his attacks. He will take his foothold no matter how he has to take it, no matter when he's going to take it. And you got to be on guard for it. The Bible says in first in, 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 in second Corinthians, in chapter 2 verse 11 the reason why I'm laying this foundation is to get me to the lesson here it is lest Satan should take advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices if I go a little further first Peter 5 verse 8 says be sober be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks around I mean walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour Seeking whom he may devour, ladies and gentlemen. It is the enemy who's seeking. He's looking for an opportunity. And when people give the opportunity for the enemy to use them, then the enemy is going to take advantage of it. And that's what we have going on right now in our world. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why I have to preach this on Pentecost Sunday is to remind the church and everybody who's looking, listening to me, that the war against evil has not stopped because we are in a pandemic, because the real evil beyond the point of racism, Beyond the point of all this injustice, when it gets down to the root of it, it is sin. And the sin of man is what we are seeing right now. And we have to remind ourselves that that is why we need Jesus. Mm, my God. And that's why we need Jesus. And then the Lord began to speak to me. And he said, well, this is the lesson that you need to teach them. Don't throw away your confidence in the midst of chaos. Don't throw away your confidence. I want you to put that on the chat. Say, don't throw away your confidence. Here's the lesson that you got to learn in the midst of a pandemic. The lesson is don't throw away your confidence in God. Hallelujah. You got to learn that even in the midst of chaos and even in the midst of uncertainty, as we learned last week that God does not change, which should give us hope to not throw away our confidence because we are seeing all of this injustice. Because guess what, ladies and gentlemen, the tide will turn. Oh, my God. Ah, the tide will turn if you keep your faith in God. If you keep your faith in God, ladies and gentlemen, now I'm here in Hebrews. I'm here in Hebrews. We do not know who the writer of Hebrews is, ladies and gentlemen. We don't know. There's a lot of speculation. Some people say it's Paul. I don't get into it because it's not written. Uh, it's, not, it's not laid out to us who, uh, ladies and gentlemen, who, who wrote the book of Hebrews. It really doesn't matter. We're just glad that we have it. But here, ladies and gentlemen, the book of Hebrews is written to, ladies and gentlemen, it is written to uh, 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 Christian, written to the Christians of the Jewish race written to those who were once uh, who are who are Hebrew by race who were once Jewish but now because they became illuminated now illuminated now in other words they were enlightened that the, now the, the light of the word of God had had opened their eyes to see uh, ladies and gentlemen that Jesus is the Messiah and that he is the Savior now that they have crossed over ladies and gentlemen they are going through a moment that the Hebrew writer is telling us here in Hebrews chapter 10 uh, how ladies and gentlemen they are facing persecution see the whole overall goal ladies and gentlemen of he the book of Hebrews as a whole is to 
explain how to explain the uh, 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 how the, how the Christian faith and to explain how Jesus is way more is, are, is more superior than the Jew and than uh, 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 Judea, Ju, than Judaism. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what we have here is is that he's convincing them of the finished work of the cross. He's telling them of the finished work that is way more superior than Judea, than Judaism because they are in a point of their lives that this, this, this group of Christians, we don't know where they're located. Some say what say Palestine, but these group of Christians, ladies and gentlemen, were are discouraged in this moment. Hallelujah. I come to speak to those who feel discouraged. I come to speak to the body that may feel discouraged this morning. They were discouraged, ladies and gentlemen, because they were going through persecution. Let's walk the Bible for a second, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible would tell us in verse 32 that it... Mm, the Bible would tell us in verse 33, actually, uh, verse 32, verse in verse 33, put it on the screen for me. It says, but recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured great struggle with sufferings. You in great, you endured great struggle with sufferings. And so ladies and gentlemen, they had been going through a lot right now because of their uh, change in faith, because of their change in mind, because they were repented. Uh, because when you repent, ladies and gentlemen, what that really means is they had a change of mind when it came down to God. They changed their mind about what they once believed. And now they believe in the son of God, who is Jesus the Christ. And so they were enduring great suffering, ladies and gentlemen and verse 33 would say that partly while you were made a spectacle hallelujah they were made a spectacle both by reproaches and tribulations that they were that they were mocked and they were made as a spectacle and for some of us African Americans ladies and gentlemen we have gone through and been made a spectacle because of the color of our skin and going through the trials and the justices uh, uh, the injustices that we have faced in our lives and for some of us in the African American community we've been we are tired of being a spectacle we are tired of going through the tribulation it seemed like our race is the one that's being picked on because of the color of our skin and they are going through all of this come come on and preach Brandon I think I will this morning and they're going through all of this but the Hebrew writer come on in here comes in here and tells them hey hey you endured that before we endure when our great grandmothers and grand and great 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 grandmothers and fathers who are who are slaves and and our ancestors coming from Africa over here to a America being bound and so they we have we, we have endured that ladies and gentlemen we've endured that and it said partly verse 33 says not only made a spectacle but we come to know about their struggle that they were companions of those who were being who were so treated for those who have been bound up and chained because of what they believe chained because guess what there was some prejudice even in their own race because those the Hebrew Christians turned from Judaism to now believing and professing Jesus Christ and because of that they would not treat them as those who oh my God treat them as as those who are uh, uh, of the same race because they believe something else. I bet you didn't hear Hebrews like this because they were of something because they believed and something else. And it says here it is an accepted plundering of your goods, knowing that you have better and enduring possessions for yourselves in heaven. Listen here. And their economics were impacted. 
They were impacted economically. Oh, my God. This is what the Hebrew writer is reminding them, that you were impacted economically. Right now, even in the midst of this pandemic, the ones who seem to be hurting the most are the ones of color, whose society labels us as minorities. Economically, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of disparity among us. Uh, there's disparity, and they have endured the disparity of their economics. Why is that? Because they knew that they had something greater. Oh, God, I praise you this morning. See, let me tell you something. When, you, when, you, when you're sold out, when you're made up your mind, you know that you have something greater, hallelujah, than what this, earth, than what this world could give you. Uh, no matter what possessions you may acquire in your life, I don't care how rich you may get, there's something that God has that money can't buy to be purchased with the blood of Jesus, to have your identity, to have fulfillment. That's only that you can only get that from Jesus to Christ. I don't care what money in the world you may have. There's nothing more fulfilling than to know who you are in Christ. There's nothing more fulfilling than to wake up in the morning not having to compare yourself to nobody because you are content at who God made you to be. Whoo! Hallelujah. And so the Hebrew church are dealing with things right now. They're dealing with economic disparity. They're dealing with being made a public spectacle. And at this moment, they are tired. All throughout social media, I see people putting I can't breathe and seeing people saying I'm tired and all of this going on, ladies and gentlemen. And somebody has to bring you back and help you understand that, yes, I know you're tired. I know you're growing weary. I know your faith seems like it's going on zero percent. But I need to help you remind it of where you came from. And what you endure then, and so that your confidence will not be thrown away. Come on, put that in the chat. Say, Pat, don't throw away your confidence. Come on, encourage somebody. Tell them, don't throw away your confidence now. Don't throw away your confidence now. Hear me. Can I move? And so they're in a place where they're feeling low. Their confidence is being depleted because they're going through persecution. They're the trials of life. They're getting tired of it. And the Hebrew writer is coming to encourage them and exhort them through it. So, Pastor Brandon, how do I not throw my confidence away in the midst of what I'm facing? I don't know if I'm coming back to my job. I don't even know, as an African-American man, I don't know how, I don't know, uh, I don't feel protected, I don't feel safe, I'm always feeling, look, how do I do that? Number one, I must encourage you this morning, is to remember your history with God. Remember your history with God. Oh my God, remember 
your history with God. See, go back to verse 32 for me. And here's what the Hebrew writer is saying. He says, but recall, he says, there's moments in your life where you have to recall where God has brought you from. You have to recall. And sometimes you got to draw strength on what God has brought you through in order for you to continue to push through. Oh my God, come on in here. You got to draw strength on what God has brought you. Oh my God, has brought you through so you could push through. And that's what I'm coming this morning to let you know is that you better recall your history with God and remember the time where you didn't feel like you could move forward, but you all of a sudden, God moved on your behalf. God showed himself strong on your behalf and that gave you enough fuel to say, you know what, I'm going to keep on running. Ooh, hallelujah. Oh, my God, I feel like praising him right now on this Pentecost Sunday. Because if I reflect and if I recall on what God has brought me through and recall on how God has seen us all the way through, my soul gets encouraged. Mm, my God, hallelujah. You better have my shayatabasiya. You better have, remember your history with God. Oh, my goodness, because your history with God will help you to move forward. Hallelujah to my African-American community today. I want us to recall our history. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You better recall your history. You better recall where God's brought us from. You better recall the ones that God had raised up. Hallelujah. During the time of Jim Crow, you better remember how God brought us through that. You better remember how God brought us through slavery and the people that God used along the way. Yes, I mean, you may seem like you haven't seen a victory in this present and modern day age, but baby you wait for it and wait to see how God moves on our behalf cause if he did it then God hasn't changed who he is he'll do it now hallelujah Woo, God, I praise you. I feel like preaching on Pentecost. Ah, it's like fire this morning. The reason why is because I'm charged up to know what God has done for me in the past. And God hasn't stopped. He is still God. And God is just paving the way to push me forward to my destiny. Woo. Oh, my God. I feel like preaching now. Hallelujah. Recall your history. Think about how God's brought you through. I just think about where I was back then and think of what God is doing now. How where I didn't know how I was going to have the finances to do certain things and have the finances. But thanks be unto God that God gave me the victory in the finances and constantly showing himself strong. Where I can, oh my God, and move into a place, not roast infested, but move into a place with my future wife and be in comfortable conditions. That's what God will do for you. Whoo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You better recall. You better bring to mind what God has done for you. Hallelujah. You better bring it. You better bring it to mind. Go with me to Psalms. I got to move. I got to move. Psalm 77, verse 11. Psalm 77, verse 11. I feel the God, I feel the Holy Spirit moving here. Hallelujah. Psalm 77, verse 11, it says, I remember the works of the Lord. 
Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all of your work and talk of your deeds. Your way, O oh God, is in the sanctuary, who is so great a God as our God. You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the peoples. You have with your arm redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph, Selah. He said, you have redeemed them. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to declare your word. See, the reason why some of our children and some of the people in our age group are out there right now riding and some of them are looting, I'm not saying everybody. The reason why, because they don't know the history. They don't know the history of God. We have not told them the history of how God has brought us through. And some of them, and, and there's some who don't have a respect for it, but there are those who are ignorant and they don't know. And so when you raise up an ignorant generation, they're out of ignorance. There are certain things they're going to do because they don't. No, and who's to blame if we haven't shared them and told them of the history with God? Ooh. He said, I'm going to, who is so great a God as our God? Because when you recall and you think of what God has done, that, that, that right there, is enough to say, you know what, I'm not going to throw away my confidence. Because see, here's the thing. Again, it goes back to last week. You think God has changed. And so you think that he's not, he's going to do something different this time. No, 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 no. God is going to still bring you deliverance. God is still going to bring you through. But you got to recall the former thing of how God has brought you this. Can I move? Number two, the, the number two, how do you not throw away your confidence? The way you do not throw away your confidence in God is by drawing near to him. Hear me, and hear me good. We don't withdraw or shrink back from God during challenging seasons. People are feeling that God is not the option in the midst of all of what we have going through right now. They feel as though God, who is he? What does he do? He is, he's not relevant to the times that we are living in. And that's why with, 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 with withdrawal, ladies and gentlemen, when you shrink back, the real reality is, is what's happening is, is that your soul is not being fed the right things. Here's, hear me. The reason why we have depression and anxiety and all of that creeping in right now is because we've allowed the news media, we've allowed social media, We've allowed all of that to take the place of us drawing near to God, and we are drawing near to that, allowing that to feed us. And, and that feeding us alone is not good because if you don't have the word of God to give you hope even in the midst of a negative situation, ladies and gentlemen, you will feel like there is no hope. You will feel like there is no hope. Go with me to Hebrews, uh, uh, Hebrews 10, verse 23. Hebrews 10, verse 23. Hebrews 10, verse 23. Said us, let us hold, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. No, excuse me, verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart. It's not in the notes. But with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled with an evil conscience 
and our bodies washed with pure water. Are you hearing me? Again, let us draw near. When you are, the, the, the way, the reason why your confidence gets drawn back is because you're not drawn near to God. You have to draw to him. He said, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Some of us are not giving God the opportunity to draw himself to you because you will not allow him. You're not giving him the space to do so. And so how can you throw away your confidence in him and shrink back from him when you have not given him the opportunity to minister to you while you're going through what you're doing? That's why God has given us the Holy Spirit to minister to us. Are you hearing me? To comfort us. Some of you really need God to comfort you, but your stubborn tail is acting as if you don't need nobody. Are you hearing me? And God is trying to comfort you, but you want to act all strong. You want to, oh, I got it together. No, you don't. That's what give you room for the Holy Spirit. Put in the chat section, give room for the Holy Spirit. Give room for the Holy Spirit. How do we draw near to God? We need God. We need to draw near to him. We draw near to him through prayer. We draw near to him by the word of God. We have to draw near to God. We must come to him. That's what the Hebrew writer is saying. Let us come boldly with this new and living way that we have. We have a boldness that we would not have had before if Jesus did not come. But because Jesus came, ladies and gentlemen, we have a new living way where we can come boldly to him and and be able to obtain mercy and grace. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He said in your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. They're in his presence, ladies and gentlemen. He's not hiding his presence. His presence is available for you. If you come boldly to him, if you come boldly to him, can I, can I, can I give you one last one? How do you not throw away your confidence by holding on to your confession of faith? Ladies and gentlemen, in the book of Revelations, you will find that Jesus spoke to the seven churches. And in those seven churches, he spoke to between Revelations 2 and 3. He always says to those who have overcome. To those who are overcome, ladies and gentlemen, I would, I would want to tell you that life is going to be always pretty. I would like to tell you that there would not be any racism in the world and that there would be no injustice and that we could all just live peacefully and happily. I would want to tell you that nobody would die and that your loved ones would not be affected. I would love to tell you that. But the truth of the matter is that is not real. That is not the world that we live in. Ladies and gentlemen, there's things that are going to come our way the temptations of life because of this sinful nature we will not have a perfect society until Jesus comes back and raptures those who have given his life given their life to them I would like to tell you that everything's gonna be okay I would like to tell you this morning that all of this is gonna go away but ladies and gentlemen you can't let go of your faith 
What does it mean? The Hebrew, oh my God, help me in here. The Greek word for hold means to take hold firm. It means to not relinquish. It means to keep a tight grip. Oh my God, you cannot take your grip off your faith. This is not the time to throw it away. It's not your time to throw away the confidence in God. This is not the time for you to shrink back. This is not the time for you to throw up to, to, to say, I'm, I'm done with it and give it all away. No, it's the time to hold it tighter. My God. There's been plenty of times in my life where I just wanted to throw it away. But you know, no, 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 no. But you got to hold it tight. Oh, my God. You got to hold it tight and with a firm grip. Hallelujah, with a firm grip. You got to hold your confession of faith. I know people don't want to tell you this, but if you said that you believe in God, this is where you show, this is where you demonstrate your faith in God. They say no matter what has come, no matter what may come my way, ladies and gentlemen, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, the holy lean on Jesus' name. I got a hope this morning that God has given me. And I got to hold on to it. Oh, my God. You got to hold on when adversity comes your way. You got to hold on when you feel like people, that evil is getting away. You got to hold on when you feel like you're not getting the proper justice. You got to hold on even when you're feeling like your money is not getting better. You got to hold on. Come on and put in that chat section and say, hold on. Woo. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Help me in here. You got to hold on. The reason why you got to hold on, because help is on the way. Ah, come on in here. Hope is on. Help is on the way. That's why you got to hold on. Because he who come, he will come, and he will not tarry. The coming of the Lord is imminent. Hallelujah. It's only a matter of time. But you got to hold on to your faith. Oh, my God. Don't you throw it away. Don't you throw away. The enemy comes to steal and try to kill and destroy you and want to take your hope away. But that's when you hold on to it with every fiber of your being. Ooh. Oh, my God. Whew. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Come on in here. Hebrews chapter 20, chapter 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. The reason why he says, don't you, don't you waver. I know it's the temptation to waver in your faith. To think that God will not bring justice. Oh, but he is. But let me tell you something this morning. If you hold on, if you take a firm grip, I promise you, he who promised is faithful hallelujah hallelujah he who promises faithful this morning I tell you I serve a faithful God I tell you I serve a loyal God he will not allow his people to go through this and not bring them out of it hallelujah he is a faithful God oh my God Woo. Hey, glory, glory, he's a faithful God, hallelujah, he's a faithful God, a God of integrity that holds his word.
my God. I gotta, I gotta let it go. I gotta let it go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why you got to hold on. Verse 35. Verse 35, it says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. The reason why I can't throw it away, because I got a reward waiting for me. I got a reward. The Bible says, After you suffer a while, you shall come out established. I can't got good news for somebody today. All your suffering is working in you an eternal weight of glory. Your suffering is going to pay you some dividends shall glory oh my god Hey, it's working for me the bible says all things come on and preach are working for your good oh god i praise you to those who are called according to his purpose everything is working out hey so somebody says working out it's working out God glory. <laughs> oh my God. My Jesus, verse 36, for you have need of endurance. So after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Verse 37, it says, for yet a little while, he was coming, will come, and he will not tarry. He will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. Lamont. Come on, I said don't throw it away. Don't you throw it away. Don't you throw away your confidence. Don't you throw away your hope. Hallelujah. Don't you throw it away. Don't you throw it away. You better learn that even in the midst of that the enemy can throw what he's going to throw. And I mean, he's coming with all he got. And you see that, you see it all around our country. But let me tell you something, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down a stronghold. I said they're mighty. They're, they're mighty to the pulling down a stronghold. If you got depression, pull it down. If you got anxiety, pull it down. Pull it under the feet of God. Bringing everything captive. Bring it captive under God. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. Hallelujah. On this Pentecost Sunday, don't you throw away your confidence in God. On this Pentecost Sunday, I want you to hope and be thankful for the Holy Spirit who has come to comfort us, to strengthen us, to empower us. You got the power to kill. Oh my God, to trample over snakes and scorpions. You got the power over your mouth. Don't you throw it away. Don't give up your power. Don't give up your power. Don't throw it away. Oh my God, oh my God, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't you put on that chat section and say, don't throw it away. Don't throw it away now. You didn't got here this far. Don't cast it away, but you gotta keep pressing forward. I will press forward toward the higher mark of the high calling of Jesus Christ. Woo! Hallelujah. They may be saying, Brandon, what got you preaching like this here this morning? Because my hope was restored. My hope was restored. To know that my God, the righteous God, the uncreated creator, the sovereign king, that God will not leave me out here. And he's not going to leave us out by ourselves. Hallelujah. Jesus. Oh, my God. I said he's not going to leave me now. 
I said he's not going to leave us now. I know you're looking at the tribulation and the turmoil going around, but he's not going to leave us this far. I said he's not going to leave us now. He'll take us all away. I said he'll take us all away. I said he'll take you all away. Oh my goodness, say we're never defeated. I want to come on, put that in the chat. We're never defeated. We always win. Even when you don't feel like you're winning, you're winning. Even when you feel long, you're winning. Hallelujah, because God is the greatest pillar of power. Never defeated. Never defeated. They, we win, they lose. God is with us. Hallelujah. Tell every joker, tell every person who's not acting right on your family, as I'm never defeated. Tell every, oh my God, tell every demon, you're never defeated. As a matter of fact, you don't tell them anything, you better tell yourself, you're never defeated. I'm always a victor, never victim, always a, oh my God, always ahead, never to tell, always above, never beneath. Oh my God, I'm somebody in Christ. I'm somebody in Christ. I'm somebody in Christ. Woo. Come on, clap your hands. Come on, clap your hands, church. No matter where you are, no matter where you are across the world, come on and give God a great praise in here. Come on, put your sign of victory. Always a winner. Always a winner. Never defeated. Always a winner. I'm a winner even when I feel low. I'm a winner even when I feel like I'm defeated. Always a winner. Hallelujah. Show your sign of victory. Show your sign of victory. On this Pentecost Sunday.